It is Monday, February 3rd, 2020, and it is time for Morning Combat Donks. Welcome, my name is Luke Thomas, along with Brian Campbell. We are the hosts of this program. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Before we get started, as always, housekeeping notes, please give the video a like. Subscribe to the channel. We haven't come up with a number yet, like what we're shooting for in 2020. You're going to go topless at 50K out here. No, you just made shit up and expect me to go dance for you, which I'm not going to do. But we are looking for maximum amount of subs. So if you know anyone in your orbit of friends or whoever who likes combat sports, do us a solid. Take this video, copy that link, hit the share button, and let them know about it, okay? Yeah, we really yeah. appreciate we're that. We're back. We're, we're coming back around again. This yes. is for the people of the sun, okay? This is the only show in its, of its kind in combat sports, all right? You want the realest of the real takes, right? We're damn good too. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you're doing you're doing you're doing evil empire lyrics now from no, Rage Against I'm, the Machine. I'm all over. I'm all over the place. All right, right very you know? good. Uh, you're you can't just be any geek off the street and come out of this set, Luke. All Certainly, right? you got to be good with the steel. Also, I gotta say this: earn your keep. I've never liked that song, Regulators. Wow. I'm the only person wow. alive. I was like, I was like, I realize what you're about to say. Wow. Blasphemy. I'm in the wrong. I can't defend it. I'd just be lying to you if I thought it cranked. It doesn't. It cranks hard. Okay. Do you like the Beastie Boys? Yeah, check your heads. It was a turning point in the in the in their career where they went in another direction with it. All right, it's a great '90s album. Wow. I'll stir fry you in my walk. Get the fuck out of here. You're not gonna, but don't don't come. You, you can be smirts their later career, but don't you touch the '80s. All right. I want to fight for the right to party a month away. Your best porno mag. Wow, wow. Come this on, is from the guy wearing a uh, abortion rock T-shirt. This abortion is great. rock. Yeah. Cannibal Corpse. Hey, we're already starting on a bad turn. Hey, bum, was, bum. we missed you last week. You were yeah, uh, you? doing some Super Bowl radio. I did. Um, our guy, man, and would you rather have Chuck Mindenhall's hat or his haircut? Does he have a haircut? No, bad call. Um, he looks like Darth Vader when the mask came off. That is and true. by the way, Chuck I heard you two dutifully. I heard dutifully. you two slander me endlessly. You liked Parasite. Why are you slandering me about it? Well, I like the, the I like the movie, not the person who recommended it. That's you actually it. do like the person who recommended it. Was, it. it was a very good movie. Okay, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I felt you know it took me a couple hours to really put all the pieces together. Show of hands. Was, who here has seen Parasite? Of what it was trying to tell me. Anybody seen Parasite? Wow, you no, you no, Philistines. No. You heathens. A lot of. Uh, I bet you saw Fast and the Furious. One through seven. A lot of Andy Kings in the studio right Unbelievable. now. Unbelievable. Okay? Okay? A lot right, of Andy Kings. Will get, they'll, they'll do you a solid. Well, you look, need. we got a lot of stuff to get to today, including all of that. But we have to start with the fact that it is Monday, but it's the beginning of UFC 247 Fight Week. Let's start. So on Saturday, the return of the king, the greatest fighter of the 2010s, arguably. Ever, ever, Luke. Maybe ever. even ever. Well, that's what he's working towards, is John Jones. He will defend his light heavyweight crown against upstart Dominic Reyes. This will be at the Toyota Center, Toyota Center excuse me, in Houston, Texas. All right, let's, let's play a little game here. Yeah, I like, that. I, like, I like to play. Let me pitch to you first, because I did uh, the dissected, and on it, I didn't do a reason to believe or not believe that Reyes might win, but rather, what does his game look like? What's he good at? What's he not so good at? So let's do it a little bit differently over here, Brian. Let's imagine you had to convince me of the case for Dominic Reyes, because I've noticed not many people believe. In fact, i got to be honest, I think so many people either don't know who he is or don't believe. They're a little bit checked out on it. People are like, wow, that 246 card was bad. The 247 one's even worse. It is even worse. Let's be now, really I don't honest actually, about that. I don't, I'm a big fan of Dominic Reyes. I don't know how well he's going to do. I think John deserves to be your favorite. Let's play the game, though, as I indicated. Give me a really good reason, the best reason you can imagine for why Dominic Reyes can win this fight. Uh, I can jump out easily and say size, but I actually think Dominic Reyes' chances in this fight have a lot more to do with John Jones than they do with Dom Reyes. Is Reyes fully credible of being a live dog, of this being a potential 
Gustafson part one all over again. Should John not take him seriously? Certainty. Certainly. Dom Reyes is tall, volume striker, good leg kicks. Does a lot of the functional things that you would want somebody to do to have a chance against this version of John Jones. The real question for me is who exactly is this version of John Jones? This is an odd sort of turning point moment for Jones, potentially. Here's what I mean. He's really one win away here, Luke, from cleaning out his division for the second time. A feat you rarely see. This is Demetrius Johnson, Anderson Silva, GSP level territory, and probably a move up to heavyweight after that. Yet at the same time, the version that we've seen post-USADA, you're going to have to ask yourself, is this an efficient... Just a clarification. Are you counting the second Gustafson fight in that? Yes. Looked pretty good in that fight. It did look pretty good, but it kind of plays into what I'm saying. Are we seeing an evolved 32-year-old John Jones who is learning about how to be, be more efficient to offset the potential losses of speed and power and everything that comes with age, Luke? Or are we seeing a guy who is starting to become vulnerable? Maybe vulnerable, not so much because physically, but maybe mentally. There was a lot of, he's playing with his food, being talked about how close that Tiago Santos fight was. I just went and rewatched that this morning. I don't know how much it was playing with his food like I thought in person watching cage side as much as it was he had a guy across from him who was going to make him pay a toll for closing distance and he played that thing safe until the finish. If John Jones can fall back into that trap, Dom Reyes has to gain his respect early, has to be a volume striker, but if he can get John Jones to be a point fighter, the same version of John Jones we saw in the Maheta fight and the OSP fight, he has a chance to win this fight. If he somehow doesn't is not able to close that distance, is not able to gain that respect, then I do think he's ultimately fodder for a guy I do believe is the greatest of all time. Yeah, so when you look at this, you think, well, what about the takedown threat from Dominic Reyes? It's not... It's not, not substantial. Takedown defense is interesting because John can get most guys down, but as we talked about on I Dissected, the second-order takedown defense for Dominic Reyes is pretty good. He likes to get back to his, his feet. He's good about getting off the fence. And John doesn't like to expend a lot of energy when he doesn't have to. Speaking of which, of not expending energy, he went five rounds with Rashad Evans in 2012, then four with B Vitor Belfort, just the one against Chael Sonnen, then five against Gustafsson, UFC 165, five against Teixeira, five against Cormier, five against St. Preu, three against Cormier, three against Gustafsson. Okay, but then five against Anthony Smith, five against Tiago Santos. You know what that reminds me of? That last chapter before the sabbatical of George St. Pierre, where he could win other ways, but he's a little bit burned out. I'm not saying that John is burned out. I'm talking about GSP. He was a little bit burned out, and he knew that every time there was another challenge for him, the risk for what could go wrong was elevated, and everything you've been building can just go away in an instant. So let's take the variables out of fighting. Let's just make it the safest possible way. Let's wrestle these guys to the ground. And he should have understood that. Took takes the sabbatical, comes back, and he beats Michael Bisping. I think you're seeing either one of two things in those last two fights that you mentioned, because I think you're dead on about it. Is that a John Jones who, at I think, 31 years old, is he finally getting old? Because 31's not old, but he's been fighting for 11, 12 years. At the super elite level for most of that stretch. Undefeated, basically, basically. Uh, so that's one consideration. Maybe that's that. Or is that a little bit of truth, or maybe none at all, combined with the fact that he realizes I'm building towards something? He says it outright. I, he says, when there's a debate about the greatest ever, I want it to be a short debate. Well, you don't get there through losses. Uh, and you can get there through wins, even if they go five rounds. So if he does that, and he's a little bit conservative, that will hurt him. Fightmetric has told me that anyone who can box with him in a numerically close way can keep it. Uh, they're the ones who've done the best. 
So your first and second Cormier up until the, the last Cormier, um, the loss, and certainly the first Gustafson fight, he was actually numerically outstruck in those ones with the hands. Well, that's exactly what Dominic Reyes is actually pretty that's good at. That's what we're saying. The blueprint is there. The body is there. The style is there. I think it comes down to John's mentality. You remember the first chapter, John, was a seek and destroyer. The, he, the guy he who did was it learning the, uh, the amazing moves off of YouTube. The fact that he was combining elite-level speed, power, chin with technique, that made him just trans, you know, transcendent, next level, superstar. He could mix in the flashy moves. He had the natural length on you. He had all everything going for him. The guy we've seen the last few fights, though, is more like... 93 through 98, Michael Jordan tried to add a, add a jump shot to his career to try to, you know, fight off the age curve. And you mentioned the second Gustafson fight. That was an efficient masterpiece. But what he did is the moment he knew he had Gustafson tired, he went in there and wrestled him down and finished it. He did not do that against Thiago Santos. The reason I think having rewatched that fight is because the threat offensively was too much there that in John's mind, you're right, maybe he's going a little GSP going, you know what, I'm going to win this fight by, de by decision. In my head, I've won this fight. But he left that back door open. And Maheta on two broken down wheels made it to that back porch. He got close. Yeah. It was split decision. It comes down to whether John can reactivate the mentality of the old bones. If he can, if he's looking to wrestle, if he's looking to walk down and finish, this is a fight he's going to win and has the potential to look spectacular in doing so. But if he's not going to be that straight killer that we originally loved about him, Dom Reyes is that perfect foil to give him a tough night. The last thing I'd say about this also is... We talk about what defines greatness in MMA. Well, winning, of course, but winning in what capacity, for how long, against who, in what weight classes. And we live in this age where people are constantly changing weight classes. John has not done that, but I want to be very clear. I'm not here to demean what changing weight classes entails. It's incredibly difficult to do what Connor has done, to do what um, even going down or going up, uh, Dominic Cruz, any of the champ champs who have done it, uh, BJ Penn, Randy Couture, all of them. But what I am going to say is I do think that the single hardest thing to do in MMA is to be a weight class, or in UFC anyway, is to be a UFC champion and then stand a post for wave after wave of challenger. Who saw Tim Elliott giving Demetrius Johnson a really tough fight? Nobody did. I'm not here to say that that's an argument specifically for Dominic Reyes, but rather it is examining the process. That process that he has been under Dude, you got Dominic Reyes, who has never tasted defeat. And is he the athlete or the striker or the wrestler that John Jones is? Probably not. But you don't have to be. You just have to be on. One time they have to be sick. One time their ankle has to be not going well. One time doubt has to creep in. And everything can change. Putting together a win streak at this level, at the title level, and sustaining it is so insane compared to other sports. There's so many ways to lose. He, John Jones could have lost his title Anthony Smith by disqualification, Luke. It very well could have happened. It was on the verge of happening. Yes, it would have been another Matt Hamill-type loss. They would have run it back. Jones probably wins it. But it just goes to show you, when you're walking that tightrope, it's hard. If you're a fan of entertainment, though, you want to see Jones go back to his Mr. Brownstone days. You want to see him go out there and finish this guy. Maybe be a little wild outside the cage. Just go out there. You don't want him being so focused on protecting the legacy, like you mentioned, that it could change his style and the, and the chances that he takes inside the cage. Because when you've got a Tiago Santos with two hurt legs just asking to be taken down and submitted, and you don't attempt that, the old bones would have been in that. He would have been up in that piece. Does, does on paper, does Dominic Reyes look like the toughest challenge John's ever faced? Probably not. I would probably look at some other ones and say, well, Daniel Cormier seems like a much tougher challenge. On the other hand, Brian, you've got a guy in Dominic Reyes, as I mentioned, never tasted defeat. And if you ask Dominic Reyes, do you think you can win this fight? 
unequivocally he thinks he can win this fight. He is ready to rock. And he got taken down in the Uzdemir fight, but he knows that John is a wrestling threat. Like, there's so much tape on John. It's not a secret what he's good at. It's not a secret what he's bad at. So it'll be a question about whether or not Dominic Reyes is the guy to implement that. But this is what I mean, dude. Every time John goes out there, the book is written on him. Now, maybe it's an open book test, and those can often be harder than the closed book tests. But still, I take Dominic Reyes very seriously. I bet you even if John's saying all this stuff like he was a scrub and he was never an athletically gifted oh, guy. Just in the last 12 hours, John's still going ham on Twitter against Yeah, him. but you know who's not? Mike Winklejohn, Greg Jackson, Brandon Gibson. They take him very, very seriously. And in the end, I don't think John is training like a chump either. So John can win this. John probably will and should. But I'm not sleeping on Dominic Reyes even a little bit. Yeah, if point. John wakes up to the potential of what that wake-up call against Tiago Santos could be, we should see the old John again. But it's just interesting. We never talk about the mentality of somebody who loses after the fact, but Dom Reyes has passed all the tests in terms of just listening to his uh, media scrum in Los Angeles last week. He talked about that first time at that press conference going head-to-head with John Jones, first time he was ever in the same area as him and just not being impressed by the, the aura and just going you know, to the length of, he's just another man in front of me. Again, something we hear all the time from an opponent. But I'm just saying, if it's one of those things where after the fact we go back and look at it, he seems to be dialed into where he needs to be. Look, John Jones has a historic chin when you look back in some of the big it moments. Takes huge shots, yeah. But Reyes is a guy who, if Jones is going to leave that back door open, could lose a decision. It's also, be I pointed this out on Dissected. One of the ways in which John gets hit a little bit is so sometimes he hangs on in the clinch with a little bit of space. Who's got some of the best uppercuts in the light heavyweight division? It's Dominic Reyes. Speaking of which, though, Let's say that all this is for naught, and he goes out there, Dominic Reyes, and gets blasted into smithereens in 30 seconds, which also, of course, could happen. So let's say John Jones wins. What happens next? Should the UFC pursue a unbelievable grudge match between current UFC middleweight champion Israel Adesanya, or at that point, does John then go to heavyweight and take on Stipe Miocic? And Brian Campbell, the reason why we say Stipe Miocic is because if you listen to his people, they say they're looking for a fresh matchup. Now, you go down the line at heavyweight, and you say to yourself, well, who could that be? Francis, not a fresh matchup. DC, not a fresh matchup. Curtis Blades, you could do, but I don't think that sets the world on fire. JDS, not a fresh matchup. He's already fought that guy twice. Uh, you're getting now to a point in the division where you're giving title shots to somebody who hasn't even earned it. Partly what I think is happening is that Stipe's people are bluffing because the big money fight at heavyweight right now it's Cormier, and they all know it. I'm not saying it's a Conor McGregor payday, but certainly better than Curtis Blades. But if you're really looking for a fresh matchup, if you really mean what you say, isn't the fight there a John Jones who wins and becomes somebody who no longer has any really credible threats at light heavyweights? So let's discuss this. What should the UFC do? Should they go with Israel Adesanya if, obviously, he has to win his next fight against Romero? Let's assume that he does. Uh, or do they bump up to heavyweight? i got to tell you, I am very much torn on this one. I cannot wait to hear what you say. Let me go first if I can. The benefits of the first, the Adesanya fight, are obvious. You're talking interesting style matchup, right? You're talking um, grudge match that John hasn't had in a long time, going both ways. Sometimes John attacks people and they're like, what for? This one is very much... Uh, back and forth. You're talking about sort of a global examination of how MMA has collided. It's a bit of a super fight because you'd have the middleweight champ going up to, the, to fight the light heavyweight champ. You've got every ingredient you could possibly want. On the other hand, everybody and their brother has wanted to see John Jones go up to Stipe. Plus, you also have another super fight up there, a champ champ fight, where the light heavyweight champ is going up to heavyweight. Now, that would make things difficult for Cormier because then I might make a Cormier fight at heavyweight. So for that reason... I'm going to say you go Israel Adesanya, 
versus John Jones is the fight to make. But I can at least acknowledge Brian Campbell. It's an embarrassment of riches. The only thing, the only thing that makes this uh, a variable is how he looks against Dominic Reyes. If he beats Reyes and he does it like he did against, uh, let's say, Maheta, where Maheta took a scorecard on him, which no one had ever done before. It was a split decision, folks don't remember. If he does that, I don't know there's going to be a lot of clamoring for him to go to heavyweight. They're going to say, well, wait a second. Now I can see Adesanya having the time he needs to get better. Now it's all very doable. If he goes in there and blows the doors off of Dominic Reyes, that might lean a little bit more towards the heavyweight fight. But I got to tell you, while I lean towards Adesanya, just because it's my personal favorite, it's kind of hard to go wrong either way. I like your enthusiasm. We did let you go first because you have producer credits, but I couldn't agree more. <laughs> and I can't believe I'm in this spot because I'm the guy who is banging on the doors, standing out front with the American flag going like this, saying, John Jones, go to heavyweight already because that's the ultimate sort of mount, final mountain to climb in your legacy. We think you're the GOAT. I think you're the GOAT. To really be the GOAT, become the two-division champion, go up there and beat all those heavyweights. Yet you only get one chance sometimes, Luke, for the perfect intersection, the perfect storm to make these kind of super fights where it would really matter, where it would really captivate so much attention and mean so much to the prospective legacies of both. You make a good point. If he beats Dom Reyes but doesn't do it in just absolutely dominant fashion, Remember, he's calling the guy a scrub. And Adesanya beats Romero in thorough, impressive, dominant fashion. You might actually have a window where it would make sense. There would be no pressure for Adesanya to win. He could still benefit from a great performance and a loss. And John could still go up to heavyweight afterwards. It's kind of an embarrassment, like you said, and a win-win for everybody. I just don't want to see it ultimately stunt either of their prospective paths, though. The same way... That the original super fight that gave Dana a bad taste in his mouth about this, you remember BJ, GSP2, mm-hmm. BJ Penn never the same after that. Right. That is also true. So for me, I, I will, we'll see how this all plays out. There's a lot of different possibilities that could go. But if it's a third fight in a row where John looks less than what we know his upper bond limits to be, I also think there's going to be some questions about, is he aging earlier because he started earlier? Something I talked about at the beginning of the show. People dismiss that the last fight um, because John's been so dominant for so long. And again, I don't know right now that that's the case. I don't know what's happening, but I don't think you can just handily dismiss it. One last thing on 247 before we move along. Any other storyline on that card? People are bagging on this card, Brian this Campbell. Card, this card is bad, Luke. Yeah, we, it's not we, great. We, we bring the real takes, right? We tell it like it is and how it could be. Uh, do we? I don't know. What how it are, was, what are you and say? of course, how it should be, right? Here we go. I mean, those who think it's dirty, they have a choice, right? Can you be normal? Anyway, uh, this card sucks. Am I in, in, intrigued by the idea of Beefy Latifi going to heavyweight and fighting Derek Lewis and them just having a slop-ass fest? Yes, yeah. that should be fun to watch. Derek Lewis could use a victory there. But really, I think you got to dig a little bit deeper on the uh, card and maybe say that Lauren Murphy-KGB-Lee fight mm-hmm. could produce your next flyweight title contender should Shevchenko take care of business against Caitlin Chukagian like we all believe. Man, that's the co-main event, Luke, this Card. Not, a, not a great card. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens with Juan Adams and Justin Taffa. Juan Adams was a heavyweight prospect coming off of Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. There's been a lot of Contender Series people that kind of were some have like it's either it's either one or the other. It's like you get your Macy Barber had a, a bit of a bump in the road, but has generally been really good. Like the win she had over Julian Robertson at UFC Boston was amazing. Um, you know, Greg Hardy is sort of on his way. Our I viewers suppose. reminded me last week that. Um, 
Edmund Shabazian. Edmund is, Shabazian. is probably the steal of that contender that, series at the moment. And that Derek Brunson fight, I just yes. can't say enough good things about. Yes. And then Chase Hooper seems to be on his way, although he's very green. Did you get your M&Ms in the mail from the U.S.? You know what's funny? I got. When did I get those? Last week. Some dude at SiriusXM came to me. He's like, God, he's been sitting in the mailbox for you for like a month. <laughs> Ask me, did I have the M&Ms? Did you have the you M&Ms? You bet your fucking ass I had those M&Ms. Oh, wow. Um, that, was, that was extra dramatic. But uh, hey. Well, they were all broken up and like kind of white. They looked look like dog shit, quite literally. Um, in any event. Well, the white part is on, is on brand. Keep going. Uh, well, okay. But in any event, uh, I want to see what happens with Juan Adams. His last fight, he looked bad. He just looked bad. Um, so I'm curious to see where he actually is as a prospect. And Justin Toff is probably a pretty good test for him. So. To close on John Jones real quick, if they don't do the Adesanya fight and he goes right to heavyweight where he should, really, there's nobody left, right? Johnny Walker's not ready for this level. No. Uh, do you agree with me that Jones against any core top three or four heavyweight is a monster pay-per-view waiting to happen? That the general Ooh, public will question. latch on to the idea of John Jones going up and facing potential danger as, as a monster drawing card? So your top five heavyweights are, and we have to see what happens between Francis and Jairzinho Rosenstruck, uh, JDS, Curtis Blades, Francis, and Daniel Cormier. Uh, Francis, yes. If Jairzinho, if Jairzinho beats him, I guess, but the takedown defense is like not great. I think John would whoop his ass if that happens. JDS is kind of an interesting one. Like, is he too long in the tooth for John? Like, or rather, um, not, not, to be, not to win, but to be like a credible threat. Uh, it's kind of an interesting one. And then I guess you got Derek Lewis and Volkov and Overeem. Yeah, I don't know. Top five, I don't know. In 2012, I predicted. I, I didn't stand on a mountaintop and predict it. I predicted to those listening to me that John Jones would eventually make his heavyweight debut against Brock Lesnar. Ooh. Still in play, Luke. It's still in play. All oh, right. You know, because I guess it could happen. I don't know if you saw that sit-down Dana White had with Aaron Bronstetter where they did the betting game, and Dana mm-hmm. was very candid in sort of his his predictions for this year of what would happen. He's still on board saying, yeah, Brock's going to come, probably come back. Wow. Um, I mean, you could see them cashing in on that. Would you have any interest? I know Brock is so, uh, so much if they has had, happened. I'll tell you this. If they had picked up... If, if Brock had stuck around because he didn't have issues after UFC 200, I really, to honest to God, would. Uh, and even around 214 when John beat him, and then, folks, forget this, John beat Cormier, and this is before he popped and everything, then went on Good Morning America with Michael Strahan. Do you remember that? And yeah. called out Brock Lesnar again He called there. him out in the cage after the win, too. He did, and then the, I was there with the post-fight presser. Like, I remember all of it. And then he went on Good Morning America. I was like, well, you know, okay. But, dude, we're now at 247. I mean, yeah, it's a, 47 it's, pay-per-views later. They would, they would cash that in, though. Oh, you they know, would do? Oh, they no. Would. I, I mean, are you kidding? There's a bear shit in the woods, of course. But, yeah. um, all right, last thing. Uh, oh, what story I'm paying attention to? Yeah, the Juan Adams one for me. So let's go to our next topic. So Super Bowl week, meaning everyone who is anyone was down there acting a fool. Dana White, forgot, I think it was on Jim Rome's show, if, uh, if memory serves, Saying, you know what, we saw that Kamar Usman, the UFC welterweight champ, and then the BMF champ, Jorge, had some words on Radio Row. Was it staged? Was it not? I don't really care either way. But it's not going to be Connor versus Jorge. It's not going to be Connor versus Colby. It's not going to be Connor versus Kamaru. It's going to be Connor, in all likelihood, fighting the winner of Habib Tony. And for International Fight Week, it's going to be Kamaru versus Jorge. I have been over this a million times. I don't know who else Kamaru is supposed to fight, given who else he has beaten in that top five. And anchoring International Fight Week, I love it. I have no problems. But I got to tell you, I'm doubling down. Brian Campbell, you can go first. I'm doubling down. The fight to make is Conor versus Jorge. The fight to make is right now. Tell me why. Tell me how you feel about the fight. 
Now that's not been announced, but essentially almost announced, and anchoring International Fight Week. Look, I get the the rightful love and lust to see Conor Jorge right now, but if you're UFC and you're sitting in that war room with the chalkboards and all that next to Dana's office, you know, the office with the machine gun with the weird cocaine in it and all that stuff, and you're looking at what brand means more to us, what brand do we not want to gamble on, and you're essentially putting Conor up here and Jorge up here, well, it's going to go like this. So what that means is... You're more willing to gamble right now when Jorge Masvidal's brand is at an all-time level that he could potentially go into this Usman fight, Luke, and be one and done at the very highest level of the sport, right? Let's say he lost it badly. He's not going away. His brand isn't going away. But you know what I'm saying. He has a chance if he wins the title there to be golden. He is a breakthrough superstar. Your reason why you put Connor and on the other side and wait for the winner of Habib and Tony is because you've got a chance for him to not just sell big pay-per-views by coming back, but if he can win back the title and stay in line as, as a legitimate top fighter, you're going to take that chance. And putting him against Jorge, even with the, the potential for two million pay-per-view buys, even with the BMF title at stake, I think you're risking too much there for Conor's brand to take a knockout loss, to take something that just looks and feels bad when you have in your hands this hot commodity, that 40-second knockout of Cowboy, whatever we thought we learned from it or not, Stephen A. Smith, Joe Rogan shouting you out, on and on and on, it still was the greatest infomercial ever for how hot Conor McGregor is again. You, you put him in there against Jorge, you can damage it. You have to have him go up against Habib fresh and hot if Habib beats Tony, and that rematch would be your biggest fight ever. How do you, and I'm, being, I'm, I'm asking in good faith, how do you not damage it if you wait for the Habib-Tony winner by the way, assuming Tony doesn't win, which, you know. Tony's uh, the only guy that can, basically. Yeah, a, that's a very difficult fight for Habib. And then Habib goes in there and smokes him again. Now where is he? The reason why that works is because you still get away with, well, Habib's the, the, the worst matchup possible for Connor. And now that Connor has beat, now that, now that Habib has beat Connor, Tony, and Connor in succession, oh crap, this guy might actually be one of the greatest of all time on top of that. And so you would close the door on the idea of Connor McGregor being a 155 title contender, being legitimate, but you would then open the door to a move to 170, a move to these BMF cash in opportunities that would be closed, I believe, if he goes out there against Jorge Masvidal and gets stopped. The worst thing that can happen to Connor McGregor, marketing-wise, is to get stopped, Luke, to get knocked out. He got stopped against Habib. Getting submitted, it looks bad. It's different, though. It's sort of like, oh, that's a horrible style matchup for him. He gassed. I know you can do all the memes and all that. This guy quits whenever it gets hard. But there's a difference optically with getting going toe-to-toe in your discipline and getting knocked the hell out, which is a possibility against Jorge Masvidal. When you're talking about brands at this highest level, when you're talking about the potential to make fights like Connor Habib, too, that could move four million pay-per-view buys, as Dana White is, is throwing out there, or three or whatever, that are just astronomically next level, that are cultural moments that people... It's Connor versus Masvidal. It's Connor versus Habib. And if you go down that route first, Luke, and he loses, like I said, Habib's royalty, Connor gets refreshed at 170, but if he goes now and fights Jorge for what? Pay-per-view buys and a fake title? It's not the same thing. Well, if you fight Khabib and you lose, it's not. But uh, here's the thing. If the idea is that Kamaru can only fight Jorge because there's just nobody else for him, I actually understand that argument, and I agree with it. The, the, the math is unambiguous there when you just look at who's there's available. There's nobody else, yeah. It's just nobody else. So if that's the reason you want to make it, I understand it. And I also do think, and I take it very seriously, that Jorge Masvidal had a 
a bit of a, a, a personal rebirth through that solitude that he went through. I take that very, very seriously. Some people have dismissed it. I do not. I think it's real, and I think it changed his mindset. On the other hand, he is still an imperfect fighter because every fighter is an imperfect fighter. Kamaru Usman is a bad matchup for him. That's not to say that Jorge can't win. It's not to say that Jorge won't win. It is to say he is up against it. Fight metric data is clear, and their eyes are very clear, too. People who can spam him with takedown attempts without gassing, they're just bad matchups for him. That is exactly what Kamaru Usman is. And Jorge's an awful matchup for Connor, and that's the whole point. You is sit he, down I, there I in the I war room, think, I don't and you think, say, which brand means more to you? Which brand matters I understand, more and Connor's the biggest brand in the sport, and we all talked about the big bump. We didn't get to feel it because he had the one fight against Habib, and then he was gone again. Now that he's back, you begin to see, like, wow, he really is the biggest star in combat sports. Fair enough. I'm not arguing otherwise. I just mean to tell you, yeah, if you want to cash in on which one can we afford to lose more of, Connor versus anybody else, the answer is anybody else. I'm just saying, I, I don't think it's as detrimental to Connor to be up at 170 and fighting Jorge when he's the hottest, where by the way, that's still a reasonably competitive fight. Whereas Kamaru versus Jorge is not only a fight that Kamaru is probably likely to win, but not win in a way that gets anyone to really be on his side. He might get some benefit from beating it in terms of like, well, I beat this guy. I just mean to say you're just cashing in Jorge because that's what you should do because he's a top contender. Okay, fine. Just don't sell me on how great that is for the division. Don't sell me on how great it is with potential matchups afterwards. Just say we got to burn this because there's nobody else. Well, there's not because, not the, because it's the best promotional matchmaking choice. It's also the, the gamble that what if Jorge wins, then everyone wins. There's that as well. Again, he can win that fight. I mean, he could, he could land a punch when Kamaru's not looking, and the whole game is different. All right, let me ask you this, though. Quickly, because Jay is in my ear being Jay. I'm not intimidated by that guy. I don't care if he did a circle back kick and knocked down Uriah Hall once while they were sparring, okay? He doesn't want that story to go public, but I'm here for that. He claims that one. Um, Kamaru versus Colby, we all thought, had the potential to be a very big fight. It headlined 245, triple header, you know, d- December big card. Colby didn't play the part of Colby. The fight wasn't a dud as a build, but it didn't have that juice. We all said the greatest gift for Kamaru may have been Colby in the same sense that Chael Sonnen was the greatest gift for Anderson Silva, who can't really talk, to sort of have that foil. Can Jorge make Kamaru marketable and make this International Fight Week card, which I'm sure they're going to load up. They'll probably be you know, a full main card like we're used to on these super cards. Can that be a giant pay-per-view? Um, yeah, it can. I mean, what, you mean one million sales? million and a half? No, I don't think it can be that. But uh, can it do really, 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 really well? Yes, I think it could. I and think. Leon Edwards says that that little scuffle they had Super Bowl... Uh, staged? Staged. If it is, that's brilliant staging, by the way. But staged, I don't think it is, though. Because- yeah, well, here's the thing. It's like, are they both dudes that would do that kind of thing at Radio Row? Yes. Would it also be above UFC to like, hey guys, no. So like either explanation is actually quite I will plausible. say this. Both of those guys uh, during Connor Cowboy Week had, uh, had media scrums yeah. uh, in between the, you know, during that, that long media day. And they were, UFC security made sure they didn't have any chance of crossing paths. Yeah. Like they made triple double sure. They were like, I don't care if you've got an interview with Jorge, it's got to be offsite. Get him off the premises. Yeah, so NFL doesn't realize quite what they're up against yeah. with those two. Uh, we move on now to the next fight, so to speak. It's coming up on Showtime this weekend. 
Gary Russell Jr., Washington, D.C.'s, one of Washington, D.C.'s finest, I suppose, defending his featherweight title. I believe he's defending one. Another one's up for grabs. I think IBF, IBO, one of the two is up for grabs. Against IBO is not a recognized title. Okay, This All is right. his title, WBC on the line. Fair enough. Uh, technically, there's another belt that you could win. Uh, against this guy's name I cannot pronounce, King Tug, as he's known, Olympic silver medalist. This will be on Saturday in Showtime Live from Pennsylvania, 9 p.m. in the East, 6 p.m. in the West. Um, I got to tell you, Brian... I actually love this fight. It's a good fight. Because the criticism of Gary Russell Jr. is not that he's not talented or even a bit of a showman coming out with the caveman bit that he's been doing, the whole Croods thing. Uh, he's actually quite talented. He is, I think, somebody that people really want to invest in. And the JoJo Diaz fight in 2018, I think, was surprisingly competitive. Let's put it that way, right? But in general, there's a criticism of his featherweight reign. This is the mandatory defense. The criticism has been, my man's doing just enough to do just enough. Oh, he's appearing once a year for that mandatory and defense. That is it. And, that's and he's it. not taking on guys that people really want to see him in there and challenging himself and getting after that. Now, I don't know if King Tug from Mongolia is that guy we're going to end up seeing. But all indications are that he could be. This guy blew through the ranks to get to this spot much easier than folks had anticipated. As I mentioned, he's got the amateur pedigree, and he is an all-action, all-business, heavy-handed kind of fighter who's not just a puncher. He can box as well. Now, I'm not saying he's the boxer that Gary Russell Jr. is, but i got to tell you, this is the first time in a while that I've looked at one of Gary Russell Jr.'s fights on paper, and I've been like, well, okay, it's the mandatory, and in that sense, you know, he's sort of sleepwalking through it. On the other hand, this is just the kind of mandatory for me to go, all right, Gary Russell, you got your hands full. This, is, this has that potential to be one of those great sneaky trap fights. And if there's any sort of defense of Gary Russell, he's always had hand problems. So the time off, only fighting once a year, has fully allowed him to rest and be up to his best. It's not acceptable, though, in 2020 for a guy of that talent level to only fight once a year. Him getting a fight this early in the calendar year, Luke, seems to be a smart move. If he wants to fight two and three times in a crowded division and really have the potential to stand out at being the best. But why you have to love this matchup? Yes, Gary Russell is going to have the insane speed advantage. His hand speed is off the charts. He puts it on you, punches and bunches. But King Tug... Tugshot Niambiar, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Something like that, yes. While he is your standard, aggressive, hard, heavy-handed brawler coming at you, the fact that he has that amateur pedigree in that background, being a Mongolian silver medalist at the 2012 Games, shows that he can do it smartly. He can do it in a way that can cut off the ring and set up. And if he can get Gary Russell Jr. into a brawl, then you want to go back and rewatch the tape of that Jojo Diaz fight where Russell dominated early, but then tried a bit too hard to get Diaz out of there, right. and suddenly that became a real fight for a few rounds. This is a very interesting spot because if Gary Russell Jr. can dominate and really set the pace and the tone and control the, the, control the terms of the fight, this could be a spectacular win that would lift him to fighting two or three times this year. And you can hear him in the past year finally call out the big names. Say, I want Leo. I want Gervonta. I want anybody around my weight class. I'll go up to 35 if I have to. Those are the words you want to hear from a guy this talented. But you got to get through this test first. And King Tug, I know that may have been your nickname in high school. Some lonely nights Only there. in the bathroom. Uh, King Tug, this is just his 10th pro fight. This right. is one of those guys who is daring to be great right now. Is not going to be afraid. Is going to empty that tank. We could see some interesting theater when we know what could be 
at stake in the future. Jojo Diaz, the aforementioned yep. guy, this past Saturday, I'm sorry, this past Thursday on zone in Miami, won a title from Tevin Farmer, survived a really vicious cut. Albeit a somewhat controversial. There, there's business to be made in and around 26. There's a, there's a lot of fun fighters. A lot of them have moved up to 130. Right around there, you want to see a lot of big names uh, get together. Gary Russell needs to be in that conversation. We need to find out how great he could be. Look, just that one loss to Vasily Lomachenko, yep. he showed incredible heart the way, it was what, a majority decision? And, and he hung in there and really yeah. took some heavy shots and kept coming. But the problem is since then, he just has not put his foot on the gas. Two more notes about that event. By the way, Guillermo Rigondeau is back against Laborio Solis. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So apparently Rigondeau wants to, like, change the way another guy who lost to Lomachenko, and then everyone was kind of like, fuck this guy, because he kind of... He kind well, of quit. I think well, he say, again, people got the whole Stephen A. Joe Rogan thing wrong, being like, oh, you can't say a fighter quit. Well, you can when they there's good evidence yeah. that they did. And he moved up two weight classes for that one. Fair when enough. He realized he, he was And he's out older. Of it, he's like 37, 39. He gave whatever. a no, you to the media. He was just basically like, you want to say all these bad things about me? Here you yeah. go. I'm walking away. And no he didn't. So like, you can say it when there's enough evidence to conclude that. It's just Stephen A. Smith totally out of his depth. The point being on this one is that's another element to this card. Secondly, I would say I always love these time-off fighters. Because you're always like, ooh, Floyd took a lot of time off, man. He might be rusty. And then he comes back and just schools these fools, right? On the other hand, there are other fighters who take time, time off, and they don't have their time, and they don't have their rhythm. And also, I also get the sense with Gary Russell Jr. a little bit, maybe he is taking time off for the hands and for other issues. He's a little bit complacent. He's a little bit like, I'm just better than these guys. I'm not saying he's not training hard. That's not what I'm saying. I think he's a serious professional. On the other hand, mentally, if you just know that all you have to fight is the mandatory guys, are you really geared up to the right frame of mind? If you're active, I suppose it doesn't really matter too much. If you're inactive and you have to come back just for the mandatory against a guy whose nickname is King Tug, for crying out loud, <laughs> just the masturbator-in-chief, uh, what are you really going to do? So to me, it's going to be very interesting to see how he manages that time off against the challenger who has all the hunger in and the world. And shout out to old Rigondeaux, because that's where we're at right now. He's got a title fight against Laborio Solis in that co-main event. Old Rigondeaux at, what, 38, 39? He's lost just enough of a step where he's got to stand in that pocket and brawl. Did you see that fight with Julio Ceja? That yeah. was all action all the time. We've always said what would happen when Rigo finally slowed down and had to be in there, because he hits hard, and he's... You know, he's got a flash chin. You can knock him down, but he digs in and fights. Remember that fight he had on New Year's Eve in Japan a couple years ago against that real tall dude? He got dropped twice. He got back up and finished him. Broke the guy's oh, face. Oh, yes. This, this guy's, this, he, can, he can let it go. When he yeah, yeah, to. yeah. He's a tough bastard. Um, so it brings us to our last topic here. Super Bowl, as I mentioned, brings out the controversies, brings out the fun, brings out the personalities. According to DAZN, it also brings out the world tour of sadness. <sighs> you had uh, Jake Paul winning on Thursday against a pre-diabetic gas station attendant. And then on, uh, I don't know if it was Friday or Saturday, but you had Antonio Brown, who is obviously having his own issues and a number of different capacities. His life is just going down the toilet rapidly, uh, punctuated by the fact that he had a face-off with Logan Paul. Now, I, I, I love Scott Coker. I truly believe he's one of the greatest promoters of our generation, but he was out there tweeting them and taking pictures with him. Now, Coker is always smart enough. You get a better headshot on Coker than this Yeah, piece. what the fuck picture is that? There we go. There we go. Coker is uh, smart enough to know. Like The truth about freak show fights, which everyone seems to get wrong, is it's not that you can't do them. Every good promoter does them. Mm -hmm. They just do them very sparingly. It's a one-off here. It's a one-off here. Let a few months or years go by, and maybe we'll revisit it again, usually under very different terms. They just they flirt with it, and then they kind of go the other direction. Coker's done that. Dana White's done that. All the big promoters in MMA have done that. What the problem is, and this is so hilarious because... I love people explaining YouTube to me. They have seven subscribers. I'm not Jake Paul, but I've got 120,000 that I've done by accident. I have a, 
I got, I got a little bit of an understanding of how YouTube works. But the point being is this. They always say this is a smart play by DAZN. Well, sort of not really. Two problems with this, by the way. Now, the question is, how do you feel about it? Since I didn't get to that, I started grandstanding right away. I feel dirty. Keep going, yeah. Here's the problem with it. It's not that you couldn't do the, the Logan Paul versus KSI fight. You could. It's not that you couldn't even do one more. That's okay, too. It's two basic problems. One is the justifications for it are complete bullshit, right? This is really good for boxing. It brings new fans. No, it doesn't. And no one is talking about Demetrius Andrade. Who was the who was a knockout in the main event? Who was a knockout win in the main event? No one is talking about. Should be in the Canelo discussion and is not. And is not. And even though he fought in the same card as Jake Paul, the idea that there is this halo effect is ridiculous. By the way, pop quiz very quickly, Brian Campbell. Yeah, hot shot. The Jaime Munguia Spike O'Sullivan fight happened after the Jake the Logan Paul fight against KSI. Did they sell out the arena? No, it happened before. No, it happened after. No, Logan Paul KSI headlined that card. The Logan Paul headline, do Munguia and O'Sullivan were afterwards. His move I don't up, think his, that was the same card. This is what I'm saying to you. This is what I'm saying to you. <laughs> Logan Paul, KSI happened, then a little bit of time transpired. Okay, okay, okay. And then the Jaime Munguia fight, when he moves up to 160 yes. fights. Did they sell out the arena for Munguia versus O'Sullivan? Because I saw a fuck ton of empty seats for that Golden Boy promotion. Oh, so wait a second. You mean to tell me that there's actually, either when they're on the card with them or not on the card with them, there actually really is no halo effect? There actually is no transference? It's a nonsense argument that hucksters sell gullible people because they're gullible. That's the first part about it. The second part is there is a place for freak shows. There, there's a tried and true method, but here's the problem with it. Good promoters use them and then move away. Use them and then move away. Bad promoters lean into them because what ends up happening is over time that becomes associated with your product but if the Japanese market tells us anything, yes, the Yakuza influence obviously was dramatically bad for them. But what we saw there was when you lean into freak shows and that becomes the predominant interest of your product, freak show interest doesn't last. Like, what's the long-term play for the Paul brothers? There is none. They can't fight for shit. That's Eventually, why we put dick videos at the end of the show. That's right. Eventually, that's going to end. And when it ends, it's going to end quickly. Now, what do you have? The whole reason... Brian Campbell, and I'll end on this one, why they're doing it is because they paid a ton of money to get Canelo versus Triple G3, and they can't. They paid a ton of money to get other boxers to do things they want to, and other promoters are not working with them and even spending money to undercut them. Now, I'm not saying that's fair, but that's the reality. This is the stopgap, because John Skipper, who used to run ESPN when you worked there, has said unequivocally, the zone, no matter what market it is, Germany, United States, Canada, whatever, it can't win unless it gets the, in this market, NFL, NBA, yes. MLB. Yes. So this is a holdover Fights until Fights are then. the gateway drug to get in there. To the this get- is a holdover until then. If you think this is a long-term play, I don't know what to tell you other than you are profoundly confused about why they're doing this. I'm just, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I don't like mixing it together with real fights. Do you want to have this be a spinoff thing that DAZN and Eddie Hearn does? That's fine. You know what the best thing that actually happened in this uh, Jake Paul fight? He finished that dude early. You had KSI in the ring, now they're going head-to-head. Now you get the brother redemption angle. If you care about that, that's fine. That may even sell out an arena. That may even drive subscriptions. I just think you need to do that as its own thing, Luke. And I think you need to not be throwing these Annie's and Gibbs in our face. Okay, we know who the Paul brothers are now. I get how many million Insta- uh, you know, YouTube subscribers they have can't be wrong. 
but I don't want to see them keep going down the road of fighting other YouTubers I, I don't care about. You want to go the route of Antonio Brown? You want to do an MMA fight? You want to get you know Logan Paul in there? Then that's something a little bit new. Bellator has been able to be a house of some of those horrors and get my interest. Strike Force too. Dada Five Thousand had that uh, heart attack match. First first guy's heart to well, stop. Heart, but even on a, even in a more noble way, you had Herschel Walker. Herschel Absolutely. Walker fighting Greg Nudge. It was a freak show Kimbo fight. Kimbo Slice versus Ken Shamrock was actually a freak decent show matchmaking in terms of that, it doesn't, that genre. You, you can go the freak show route if you do it smartly. There's, a, there's a, absolutely a market for but it. But how gross do they want to go? Is this going to end with Jake Paul versus Logan Paul? I feel, like, say, I feel like we're going to end there. Just say what it is. They're going that route because the, the entire business plan that they had for boxing, it's not going the way it's supposed to. And this is their quick fix it, which will not last. Can you imagine people watching five fucking years of Jake and Logan Paul fighting? No, of course you can't. All right, would you, you can watch what? 10 years of John Jones. You can watch 20 years of Floyd Mayweather because there's actual substance there. Would you care one time about a Paul Brother MMA debut? You care one time, right? Yeah, probably one time. Again, right. there is a market for yeah. it. But this idea that, like, wow, like, <laughs> DeZone's really smartly outthinking the, the rest of the public. Okay, Boomer, you just don't understand. Dude, this is a carnival trick that promoters have been doing yeah. since the 19th century. What on earth are you talking about? Just because it's new to you doesn't mean it's new to us. Just, just want to point that out. Hey, okay. good first round finish for Jake Paul. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're out there fighting your neighbor uh, who, you know, whose exercise consists of weeding his garden once a month, you know, you should win, I suspect. I mean, he looked like he was training hard. I'm sure he's trying. But, dude, if you start boxing in your teens and 20s, Unless you're a heavyweight fighter, you will not have a career. You will get fucked up real quick against a real fighter. And it will happen sooner or later if they keep trying their hand. Unless they fight MKBHD or they fight, you know, one of the alt-right donks who's out there just making videos or whatever. I'm just pointing it out. This idea that like, they're like reinventing the wheel. Like, oh, this is so amazing. Okay, Rubes. Uh, all right, with that in mind, let's go now to uh, where you ask us questions. Yes. It's time now for DMs with donks. Yeah, DM's from Donks. I haven't been here in a couple of weeks. Eat shit, Jay. DM's All right. from Dong, because if you ask me. Let's go to our next question, our first question here. I got it up here. Oh, you, you pop the control. Well, they gave me a weird order here, so I want to make sure it matches. Yes, it does. Okay, Brian Ortega, or not Brian Ortega, Brian Campbell. Brian Ortega and um, Ponzinibbio, Santiago Ponzinibbio. What the F, man? Are those two ever going to get back in the octagon? What do you think? Um, I hope so. I Ponzinibbio hope so. put out a statement this week saying, uh, I think he has like uh, a hand injury? I saw him limping uh, two, two UFC cards ago in Vegas. Uh, he oh, was doing really? some commentary, and I, I saw him limping pretty bad. Um, there's a guy, I wanted to try to find it quick. I can't get there quick enough, who is all over my IG DMs every single minute. Bro, okay, it's at jwinchell1. Jay Winchell, get out of my DMs, but you're not wrong. So no one's talking about Ponzinibbio. The reason is because he's hurt. Yes, we want to see him back. We want to see if he's a potential sleeper at welterweight, if he could be this... Uh, this slice into this division of all these wrestlers. I don't know. The bigger story here on the comeback is Ortega. We want to see him get back in there. Yeah, he's it's been, been a long time. He hasn't fought time. since he fought Max Holloway. I know, I know. I mean, he, he, may, he may have uh, produced a tap against Holly Berry. I hope he did. But uh, training for that movie that they were working on. But outside of that, we haven't seen him since. He was willing to walk through hell against uh, Max Holloway. And this division has just been flipped upside down and reloaded here. Now with Volkanovski on top, so many great matchups. I just want to see this guy back. We don't Look, really talk I'm, about I'm, it. I'm not convinced he's not going to be wearing the belt in a year. 
Yeah, we're, we haven't talked about it, and obviously he didn't get he didn't have a Yosada issue. He had a uh, he, you know he lost that fight, was looking for the right one, then he was supposed to come back against Korean Zombie and he tore his ACL to a degree, right? So it's not a Yosada issue, but I'm saying like you know these guys who get the two year Yosada punishments and they're gone for two years. It feels like that. Yeah, it feels like he's just missed a chunk of his early part of early to mid part of his prime. And it's just terribly unfortunate. And obviously, I hope he can get back together because he's a phenomenal and uh, amazing talent. Part of that whole growth of the young part of the featherweight division. Um, so we'll have to and, see. And seriously, not you know, I know the, he's got the Modelo sponsorship, but a, a future star right. in the making, a guy who we thought was one-dimensional as a submission expert, and yet has really added a great striking game. Has a tremendous chin. Has a great backstory, co- overcoming so much, uh, you know, a bad upbringing, a bad upbringing in Los Angeles, having seen so much crap, but. Uh, Great guy too, and it's, and it stands to reason that like if you're a Chase Hooper who's 20, and I think Ortega is like what 25, 26, something like that, you're going to attract a younger audience. MMA always needs its younger fighters to bring in their generation, their peers, so to speak. So it's just a loss all the He's way got around. Beautiful hair too. Have you ever let it go? Have you ever gone for it? No, my hair sticks out like my hair grows this way. All right. My hair doesn't grow down. Being a uh, a big death metal head, I would have thought at some point you just gave up. And no, just I'm more like I'm more like Phil Anselmo. Did you ever own a trench coat? Uh, in the military, they make you wear one. Oh, okay. But uh, outside of that, no, right. no. Right. What do you think? I'm in the trench coat mafia. Well, the music you listen to is sort of an aphrodisiac for mass shootings. Is it? I want to go on a mass shooting on this fucking stage. Big Romstein right guy over here. This guy looks uh, right. not death metal, but okay. Let's go on. This is from uh, well, if you pronounce the X like a Z, Zozar, uh, one thousand. I have a question. Do you think there are any current Bellator fighters who are good enough to become champions in the UFC? If so, which ones? Well, first of all, Patricio Pitbull yes. might be you know easily capable of winning mm-hmm. the UFC featherweight title. He is just a ridiculous. I, and I. I I'm, I was late to that party. I kind of thought, well, you know, because I saw Joe Warren beat him. Did you watch Super Bowl last night? Uh, yeah. Did you I'm, see all the crowd shots of the Kansas City fans in that the downtown area of Kansas yes, City? Yes. That was where the Bellator held an event down there, and that was where Joe Warren wrestled Pitbull many, many moons ago. Uh, and that's where, uh, let's see, uh, who was the uh, Native American guy who Ben Askren fucked up? I forget his name, but uh, it all happened down there. Um, in any event, so for me, Patricia Pipple's the obvious and easy answer. Anybody else? Do you else? believe that Ryan Bader has evolved to the point that he could be a legitimate title contender at 205 or heavy with the UFC? No. No. Um, but I do think he's better than the guy who fought John Jones the first time. Uh, Douglas you know. Lima would be an answer that I would Douglas throw Douglas Lima's there. a great one. Uh, MVP, yep. I'm, I'm very shaky on. No, he would um, not. Who's, who's he going to beat? That's yeah. really good over there. No. I mean, Pico's got a long way to go, Pico's bro. Pico's got a very long way to go. Uh, AJ McKee seems interesting. He's still a prospect, you know, but uh, you put him up there. Uh, any of the women? Cyborg? What about, I was going to say, Cyborg. Cyborg, certainly. What about Alima Lay? Do you think she's... Uh, I do think so, but I think she's still... Like, here's the thing. She became champion really early in her career. Like, if you talk to her, she's almost like, do I even deserve to be here? She's got a bit of that imposter syndrome. So I think she actually is really talented. But I also think um, it's good that she's in Bellator because she's getting that seasoning. So give her, her a year or two, and I think she'd be very competitive. Right now, I'm a little bit less convinced about that. Um, so that's not, no for me, is uh, the way I look at it. What about in this uh, very entertaining featherweight Grand Prix? Obviously, you mentioned Pitbull. Anyone else? I mean, Darian Caldwell is really starting Caldwell, to when, he, good. when Caldwell is at his best, he's a tough out, man. He's a really tough out. But the problem is he's kind of flaky in that regard, right? Yeah. 
I mean, Adam Boric just showed some yeah, potential. That was the thing. There. Adam Boric is really good, yeah. dude. And Cal Caldwell just loss. fucking ran I mean, through. you need those losses, though. You need those losses. Yeah. Um, again, Patricio Pitbull is the, was the big one there. Juan Archuleta I thought pretty good about, but he's obviously had run into a little bit of difficulty. Um, who are we sleeping on? Anyone of the heavyweights over there? No, because Bader nah, beat them all. They kick each other in the stick a lot, yeah. Yeah, a lot of ball yeah. kicking. <laughs> yeah. Is ball kicking legal in Bellator? If not, it, it should be. It should be, it should be, yeah. Uh, okay, so next one. What is the largest animal that Francis Ngannou could KO? It's from Riggins32. That's whoa, a great whoa. question. Yeah, there we go. There go. Riggins32, a regular, right? Texas forever. This guy's all over our show. Yeah. Uh, what's the largest animal Ngannou could KO? Do you um, want to see something crazy? Go ahead and pick your answer. Someone sent this to me, and I almost like shit my pants. Uh, well, spoiler alert, Luke. We're going to see, based on your love for it, we're going to see some animal on human violence and some. Have you seen the that's shit? All that show, I, right? That's all, all right. that I care about. In but this um, could could Nganu knock okay. out a rhino? Look at the size of these grizzly bear paws. Yikes! Is that not? Is, can you see? Look at that shit. Is that not crazy? So I don't think he can beat a grizzly bear. I don't think he can beat a rhino or a. Uh, no, I think I cut it just short of a bear. So what? All right, we got hold here? on. He could beat a dog, right? Oh yeah, he'd... he could beat the fuck out of a dog. What about a large cat? A pu- if a puma attacks him, could he Ooh. not get cold? I think he could. See, everyone was all. Remember that guy who was like, "Oh, this hiker fought back against this mountain lion and killed it." And then you look at the mountain lion; it was like thirty-two pounds. Yeah. So, yeah. dude, my daughter is twenty-five pounds. Like, you know, I don't find that impressive. Um, okay, what about the, let's let's shake things up a little bit. What about Francis versus a dolphin? <laughs> what if Francis just jumped into Tank in and Seaworld? In the water or out of what the water? What if Francis right? just I mean, jumped on. into Tank and Seaworld and just started laying the hammers down? All right, what about Francis against both Paul brothers at the same time? Oh, dude, I, I wouldn't be able to watch that fight with my pants on. I'd be so excited <laughs> oh, about King, Francis and Ganu. King Tug over here, yeah. yeah. I'd be King Tug for that fight. Watching Francis decapitate those two zeros, oh, my God. That'd be the happiest day of my life. Um, so that's good. And those are also low-level primates, so you could count that. They'd be in the primate house. Um, right. Those two idiots. Um, the problem is if he doesn't KO these animals, he's he's getting mauled. Because, I mean, I, I have They've all with, got teeth I and I have claws. with my dog, and that jaw is just yeah. insane here. We got you could beat up, could he beat up, like, remember Van Damme in the, one of those movies, like, took the snake, and then he was, like, popping it with the other hand? Which one was that? Ah, uh, fuck. Oh, you know, hard to fuck or whatever the See, damn I movie is. <laughs> I don't put Van Damme... In that elusive group with the Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Seagals. Neither do I. I think he's a step down. Although, Although I do respect that. Sorry, we just touched. Touch here. Does that mean? That was that, almost tip on tip. That was action, tip to right? tip. That was our first tip oh, to tip. That's but it was more like the Sistine Chapel where God was touching. Yeah. Um, um, wow. You know, uh, I would say, though, that, that sudden death, you know, the hockey movie. Although that's very, I mean. No, 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 no. It was the Kumite one, Bloodsport. That's the killer. Oh, well, that's, uh, that, that's Hall of Fame material. Yeah. But uh, that hockey movie, I thought, revived his career. But it's not believable, though, that some martial arts master can just walk in on the Stanley Cup finals, put on the goalie gear, and then shut down the other team and win the game. That's true. That's true. That's actually been disproven by 538. Um, I'll go pick, pick an animal. I'll go the highest he could beat. I'll say uh, I'll say a a a runt of the litter black bear. Those are the smallest bears yeah. in the bear family. You take out any skinny bodied one, a deer, a kangaroo. A deer, yeah, is a good one. You ever see that dude that that redneck fight that deer once? He sprayed himself with like the uh, the attraction spray when the deers were in heat. Hold that thought, rut. Luke. Hold that thought. Oh right. yes, yes, yes. Dude, watching rednecks get beat up by animals is my favorite thing in the world. Uh, all right, next. 
What do you guys think about that barbaric foot stomp rule? I think it's dirty, and a lot of MMA fighters barely use it. Imagine John Jones, who's never lost a fight, gets terribly foot stomped on his bad toe to the point he's compromised and possibly loses, Brian Campbell. Um, I like it. I like that there's still barbaric elements in this game where, uh, you know, sidekick to the knee, people think that's dirty. It's part of the game. Yep. You know, block it. Get out of the way of it. It's it's I By the like way, no, it. No, no, it's only dirty when John Jones, when John does, Jones it. does it. When um, every other fighter does it, no one says anything. You know, you your Professor Salt and Pepper, a little uh, spoiler alert on your uh, dissected this week. There's the cheese grater mm-hmm. against the I love things like that where you can use elements of the fight game that brings me back to the early UFC feels. Luke, like we just bleed. It's still real with me, damn it. I still have that hook back to the early days where I know it needed to be sanitized and cleaned up and the game is real martial arts and it's real fighting and there's commissions and all that, but I still love that outlaw feel and and having these rules in there. I don't need soccer kicks. You know what I'm saying? I don't necessarily need 12 to 6 elbows, although it's a little ridiculous to ban that when you can do so much other stuff. But, uh, yeah. Um, The the question is self-contradicting. I think it's dirty, and a lot of MMA fighters barely use it. Well, if the fighters barely use it, what does that tell you? It's not especially effective. Yes. You've never seen a high-level fighter lose a fight or even really be affected by it because it's a waste of time. Yeah, people are always like, why don't they just titty-twist each other? Yeah. Well, it's not, you know. Why don't you just tickle someone in <laughs> jiu-jitsu because it doesn't work? Yeah, yeah. Um, why don't you just check their oil? Actually, I think there's rules against that. that well, that's when you start to get weird. Yeah, but, of course, yeah, yeah. of course, you... The you know you would you would go that direction. So yeah, the answer is uh, leave it. I, and also, here's the thing: I like certain techniques that are just mean. I like the ones that are just a little bit mean. Yeah. It's mean. But Covering it's not, their their stopping having, them from yeah. breathing. Yeah, but it doesn't work very well. So who cares? Yeah. All right, last one. Uh, this is from Tylorians. If you both happened, I'm going to read it as they wrote it. If you both happened to be professional fighters, and had the opportunity to give each other nicknames, oh Jesus Lord. Oh, God. I know what you're going to call me. What would they be and why? I'll let you go first, Brian. Uh, so many directions I can go here, Luke. I wish I was prepped on this. You um, know, you have a choice here. You have a choice to say something nice and cool, or you have a choice to be a little <laughs> fuckhead. Oh, wow. So which choice are you going to take here? What do you want me to call you? The, uh, the astute professor, Luke Thomas? I mean, come on. Some, some, you could call me like the DC Strangler or something. I don't know. That's kind of manly. I can get behind it's that. Right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't yeah. make any sense, but we're just giving each other nicknames. Why not? All right. I like the, the Dutch oven, Luke Thomas. <laughs> that, that's kind of, Because uh, I always imagine, every time I walk on a plane You're now, triggering I, my wife I just right imagine now. you crop dusting the whole first class section. So, you know. The whole first class? Buddy, I'm landing planes <laughs> yeah. because of coronavirus. All right. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, what, would, what would we call you? Like Brian, the bus stop masturbator Campbell? Oh, that's not fair. Is that the that's direction we nice. go? That's not nice or fair. Uh, you know. <laughs> Prince Tug? I mean, where are we going with Prince, Prince Tug. That's a great one. Um, uh, I don't know. Have you ever thought about, like, what did your friends call you in high school? Uh, everybody in my besides home- loser and fuckface. Everybody in my hometown of Naugus Hill, Connecticut, from third grade through age twenty-eight, when I moved out, called me Soup. Jesus, that's a sad nickname. To the level that there were generations of people who didn't know I had a first so name. So why did they call you Soup? Because you sat alone eating soup all the time. Probably because my last. And you're, name ta- is- you're talking about me being the trench coat mafia. Probably because my last name is Campbell. I don't know if you could get that connection. Uh, any. Oh well, you grew up with some zeros. I mean, this is. I grew up in a factory town, Luke, and I'm damn. Yeah, proud it's of showing. It, right? It's showing. All right. Um, all right, let's give a nickname to you, uh, Brian Campbell. 
Yeah, but see, you don't want to do the thing where it's like, you know, uh, Curtis Razor Blades, yeah, or, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Uh, the Thundering Turd? That's a decent one. Okay. That's a decent one. Yeah, you know what? I like that. Yeah. It's a little bit, but you get the, the Brazilian way, you gotta. Why don't we? No. No. Why don't we just call you Fat Lance Bass? Those YouTubers, right? yeah, yeah, that is, that is, uh... My the way nicknames work is someone's got to give it to you, you know? That happens in jail, too. Yes, it does, yeah. but they're very different nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right, uh, are with that right. in mind, speaking of jail and uh, weird jokes, it is your turn. Hey, it's time for us to uh, span the globe for the good, the bad, and the ugly in combat sports. It's right. time, Luke, for Have You Seen This Shit? Luke, I know it's always dick jokes and people getting knocked the F out. How about some good news for once to start the show? Do you remember paralyzed ex-heavyweight boxer Magumad Abdusalamov? This was the guy in New York who had In New York, answer, he yeah. lost that fight to Mike Perez in 20. 2013 was paralyzed. He has made a miraculous comeback to the point that he can communicate with his family. And this is him in the gym That's actually nice working out and hitting the pads. If you're not touched by this, having known even a, a, a you know a smidgen of his story, this is amazing. He's a you know yeah, good for him. A dad, a, a, a husband, and uh, I love to see this, Luke. Well, he wasn't. I mean, I don't know if he was expected to survive. No, uh, he was not expected much less, to survive. The, him getting much to less this have level, some degree of mobility. Yes, there. him getting to this level where he can actually talk and communicate is a massive miracle. So when I saw this, I was for him, very man. moved by that. Yeah. All right, now to the fun-ish. Are you ready here, yes. Luke? You're a big I was about Star to say, Wars. I was like, wow, this is gonna be a morbid turn if you're making. You're fun a big of that Star guy. Wars guy. Watch Floyd Mayweather, five-time champion, use the Force to close that door. You like that? I like that more than the force away or the return of the the rise of Skywalker. Look at shit. Floyd; he just just has to just has to wiggle the fingers there, and people and, and yeah. But what's he doing with the left hand? It's like you in college; you'd wiggle the fingers, and all the doors would close for potential hookups, right? It's a terrible thing. No, no, not terrible. Yeah, all right, all right. All right. Um, that's not actually the best use of the force in public. Have you ever heard of British Prime Minister Boris Johnson? Yes, of course. Watch him use the mayor. force on this camera guy. Oh, my God. Former mayor of London, yeah. <laughs> yeah, check that out again. Look, you just lift the head. Have a seat, Darth yeah, Maul. Yeah, yeah, get the hell out of here. Yeah, nicely done right there. All right, let's see some uh, violence here. I like slam KOs. You know, don't let the boys be boys, right? Yes. Slam. This is from Cage Steel in England. Oh, my God. Good. Wow! Oh, he's doing the whole bit like he's uh, reaching out there for something that's Did not there. Did he flip him off afterwards? Oh my god! He's never gonna see again. How do you come back from that? So Luke? watch his knee touch his nose. His nose. Watch. Oh, he KO'd himself. You're watch, watch. Watch the knee touch the nose. Oh see that? my god! That is. That's actually how you pass the guard. Henzo Gracie always talks about it. That is violent AF. He, he always says uh, if you're gonna pass uh, with a pressure pass, the the rule of thumb is make him smell their own knee. It start. Wow! It started making me. Uh, you want to smell my finger? It started making me. Uh, Dude, how did I? You can't. I can't bring up any, any uh, like sense, like hearing or sight or or smell without you sexualizing it in the most weird way. What is right, wrong we'll, with you? We'll have therapy session after. Did you have right? conversations with your kids like this? You no, just take it out on me. Look, this is, have you seen this shit? It's wild. Right, Anything right, can happen. Right. I started wondering if that's the nastiest KO I've ever seen. Shout out it's to Rampage a couple times. Look at this throwback to 2016. Do you remember this from Legacy FC Gerald 53? Harris. Gerald Harris. Gerald Harris sending this man Oof. to hell. Look, that's still violent. That still gets me. That's a oh great my one. God. That's a great one. In fact, one. the man who sent this in, at Skeleton Mitch on Instagram, 
He said, this is a five-star hotel with complimentary breakfast in hell, courtesy of Gerald Harris. Look at that. Yeah, when they're looking off into the sunset, that's when you know that it went badly oh, in their brain. Man, that, that's a pro wrestling move. That's a finish right there. It's that's just so weird that you can't punch to the back of the head, but you can slam them to the back of the yeah, head. Yeah, they call know? that a sit-out powerbomb in pro wrestling. Oh, and look, he gave him like the, uh, you know, peace out, right? Yeah. He gave him the, the deuces. He chucked the deuce. Wow. As the kids say these wow. days. I'm wow. 40. All right. Hey, Luke, you ever heard of UFC veteran Clay Collard? Yes, once he won lost a boxing to, match. Once lost to Max Holloway in 2014. Big upset of unbeaten prospect Raymond Guajardo this Dude, past weekend. He actually looked pretty good, too. PBC on Fox in Beau Rivage in uh, Biloxi. Our friend Ray Flores on the call. So in round one, it was wild. Both guys hit the canvas, but Collard comes back in round two and just gives it to this guy, Guajardo, and stops him in a massive, Dude, Max massive Holloway upset. beat uh, Collard years ago. He, I think he had like a one and four record in the UFC. Yeah, he did poorly. Mm -hmm. But uh, Luke, or Lou DiBella tweeted at him and was like, "Hey, call me. I want you know. I'll put you on one of my cards." By the Let's way, did this. you see the uh, post-fight uh, in-ring interview? No. Uh, Guajardo did the old Macy Barber bit where like they're interviewing the winner uh, and he just comes over. He's like, "Hey, I want to thank everybody." You know, Forrest Griffin steal yeah. Tito Ortiz's moment. Yeah, 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 that was not uh, great, Bob. Not yeah, great. Nice upset right there. All right, hey, I was in Disney World over the weekend, but this actually took place on the Vegas Strip. You see this brawl? <laughs> I did see this. Look at Minnie Mouse. Look at that right hand right there. Bro, Minnie Take... Mouse went to work on this floor. Oh, wow. Look, even Mickey got hit. Did you see that? Doesn't stop moving. See, the big big red there from... Uh, she she stopped willing to get full the mount. mount. I mean, you get, well, you let Minnie Mouse give you a full mount, right? That, that is just... Wow. Kind of looked like their their uh, their honeymoon, right? That was... Uh, what was that Disney movie? It's called, like, Wild, where the, the, the girl has red hair. Is that what it's called? The cartoon? I, I don't I don't speak no? that. I don't have Disney Plus yet. All right, but uh, yeah, you do. You saw Mandalorian. Yeah, what's legal, it called? Jay? Illegally, illegally. But uh, Brave, Brave. It's like it's like the overweight Brave version. Let it go, right? Can't hold me back anymore. But right? dude, you gotta understand. If you have this job, you ever seen these dogs in Times Square? Oh, like they're, the they're sweaty and gross. Yeah. But also, like, dude, yeah. that's like that's a job that will. I mean, you know, if that's not rock bottom, it's pretty close. Look at Mickey get that hook. Wow. Well, here's the thing. These are not people to play with. Is she fighting a security guard? So what actually yeah, started dude. this? What started this? Who knows? But the point being is, dude, I'm, these are people down on their luck who have tough jobs. Don't mess with them. Yeah, Don't yeah. mess with them. Speaking of that, random street fights. People are bringing MMA moves now into street fights. You want to check out this one? Watch this spinny shit. Oh, God. That's, dude, you, yeah, that's a trained person. And then watch what happens next. That's a What's your favorite superhero? Is this, oh, look at a, that. Dude, that's a trained person. That is a trained... I'm not saying an expert, but they've Columbia? got... Is this Columbia? Are these your relatives here? What's going on here? Are you being racist again? People of different cultures can fight outside. Yeah, shirtless, dude, they're right? shirtless fighting in a brickyard. You didn't pick it because you thought it was a regal environment. I didn't even mention coffee or cocaine. I'm just saying, you know. Oh, God, you're so racist. Um, first of all, watch, watch when he does a spinning back kick. He looks around. Look, see how he looks first? Yes. That's a trained person. Everyone who's never been trained, they just throw their body around. But you have to look. You have to see what you're throwing at. Oh, if you don't, Superman punch. So look yeah, dude, this is basically some old man. Oh, God. No, I've noticed. I like it when animals beat up humans. You like watching young people beat the elderly. That is your favorite thing. <laughs> This wow. is like the fourth wow. week where you're like, yo, watch this old guy get hit by a bus. <laughs> LOL. 
All right. Hey, this is Luke's favorite time now. It's man against beast. There we we start out here, redneck versus a deer. Is this one you were talking about? See, this is animal abuse, but if the dude gets fucked up, oh I'm all about God, it. Oh, my God. Look at that. Rights and lefts. This guy's getting... Oh, yes. Oh fuck God. this redneck loser. Get up. out of there. You're saying he sprayed the... the uh... This was not the one I saw. The one I saw was actually in the field. This is like a contained... Look at his friends clowning him. Oh, and you've seen this one making the rounds. Look at this. No, I've not. Dude, house cats... Look at this. This cat's got got an MMA background. Look, you you mess with the, the cat uh, is clearly annoyed. Oh! Watch this hammer fist. Hammer fist trying Let to produce know. the tap. Let yeah. him know, mittens. Is that Holly Holm? What is going Let on? Let him right know, here? mittens. Look at mittens. Welcome, mittens. Patient, patient, patient. Okay, bitch, you want some? Tell some? you what, that cat does Bam. not does not fight like a pussy. Oh my god! Yep. And I said, stay off me and my yeah, man. Clean my litter box already. I love that shit, all right? <laughs> this, hey, this speaking so of happy. animal and human violence, you want to see this one, this guy against a cow? Watch this. Oh, this is utterly ridiculous. Luke, you seeing this? Oh, my God. Milk was a bad choice, Luke. What is going on right now? Can I get any comments out of you, Luke? The exit is that way. Oh, keep it going, Jay. Keep it going. It gets better. Look at this tombstone. Not over yet, though. This guy's still. Oh, wow. Laugh it up, cow. You are in desperate need of psychological intervention. <laughs> you are in desperate need of psychological intervention. He did, he did, speaking of, he did break out the titty, titty twister in there. Do you see that? The nipple nook? How did you find this? It found me, Luke. It, it obviously found me. Look at this Matrix style, right? So this must have been made relatively recently. Is that milk that, that's getting shot? Which secretion is that, Luke? Oh, my God. All right, we can get off of that. We do have one more uh, potential human. Uh, presidential candidate Mike Bloomberg shaking hands. And okay, why was this so controversial? Miles. What is going on? What is it with presidential candidates putting their hands where they shouldn't on do you people, have a dog? right? Do you have a dog? Just grab her by the... Biscuits, hold right? On, hold on, hold on. Do you have a dog? I have a dog. I wouldn't greet the dog by putting my hand in the... In the in Isn't... The... Watch the dog's mannerisms. The tail never stops. And he just yawns, and he's cool. Who shakes a dog by the grizzle here? I mean, this... You here's can... my point. Nobody. But here's the thing. And Bloomberg sucks. But here's the thing. What is the whole point of having a dog if you can't greet it like a Monty Python sketch? Isn't the whole point that you can rough it up and play with its ears and shake its snout and, and make it dance with you? That's the whole point of having, because you can't do that with a cat. We saw what happens with a cat. Cat says, I've been having none of that. Yeah, yeah. The whole point about getting a dog is, a ba dude, a dog is basically a loyal, stupid friend. Why not get, why not so just. So are you defending Bloomberg here? Yes. You're defending this is not him? A, this is not a big deal. Have I ever done that? I've never done that. But Putting what is your harm? hand in a dog's mouth that you've never met? Like, oh, here, Go nice, no, no, nice to Jay, meet you. Blow here. it up, blow it up, Jay. One more time. Blow it up, Jay. He doesn't put his hand in the mouth. He grabs I mean, the like, skin along the Here, meet the my snout. wife. Honey, bend over. Like, I mean, like, where are we going with this? He didn't put it in any other orifice other than the mouth. Don't be weird. Don't be weird. I know you're weird. Don't be weird. Resist the urge. Wow, this is a weird defense from you. Luke. It's not, dude. This is, a this is a bunch of people claiming to like not like a thing. That's not a thing. People all the time are like, I'm scared of clowns. No, you're not. All your friends in school said that. You just continue it because you don't want to be different. I'll be different. There's nothing wrong with this. Having a dog is all about being able to roughhouse and Luke, play with it. I've seen, I've been bitten by many a dog. I would never, for an opening move, go in there. And, I mean, it's like well, some of us have better relationships with dogs. Remember when Crocodile Dial Dundee wanted to find out who he was talking to, and he just went right underneath and grabbed? You can't do that. In yes, that was transphobia Luke. of the '80s and '90s. Yeah, you can't just put your hand in a dog's mouth. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. 
if a dog is mild-mannered and you're like me, I'm like Caesar Milan, I, you know, I go in there and I just dominate the space. I can do whatever I want. I can't wait for your 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 parenting years to evolve. This I've got two dogs, a, bro. You act like I've never done this, this before. This is going to be a great case study. Bro, I go in there with my dogs, and I let, you know, there's one alpha in the pack. So you can put your guy. hands anywhere is what you're saying. I don't I don't molest my dogs. I'm simply saying. that's This is the opening greeting. It's the, like. The only thing wrong with this greeting is that it's unusual and goofy. Other than that, there's no problem. And the whole point about having a dog is that you can be goofy with it. Hey, you want to do some head kicks from hell? Yes. Here's volume one. Check out this capoeira kick from Ollie Flint at Shock and Awe UK. I've seen that. Shout out to at Simon Gallagher 13 for sending this I like the top comment. Is that kick even legal? Why wouldn't it be, Jumpman 888-77755? (laughs) I mean, that's perfection, Luke. Yeah, when they bounce off the canvas like that, that's pretty great. Oh, yes. All right. Uh, I got another one here. It's an insane fallaway kick. Luke, watch the guy in the red Schwartz. He's tweaking on a whole new level. G-Funk, step to this. I dare you. Wow. Oh, is he going to testify in church? Let's see. Does he testify? No. Here, hold this. Do you know testifying in church? Yes, I do. I do. We've been through this on the show. When the head flops back and then the hands go Yeah, but have you seen this before where they catch the kick and they basically just turn it into like a switch kick? That's Anthony Pettis. I mean, that's that's fantastic. Oh, uh, you know, it was kind of similar. Do you remember um, who is uh, Andre Berto's brother? Edson Berto. Yes. Remember Edson Berto got hit with that knee from uh, Eves Edwards? So Eves kicks Edson Berto, Edson catches it, and they're kind of holding the leg. And out of nowhere, Eves just jumps in while the leg is caught and knees Edson in the face. It's kind of similar Did to that. Did you know Andre Berto's late father was a uh, alternate at UFC 10 in the tournament? I did know that. He fought uh, in, the, in an off-TV bout yeah, early yeah, in the night. Yeah, 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 the, sure. Those Bertos are tough bastards, Yeah, man. but if you're going to show great head kicks, Jay had to add this in due to his history sparring with uh, Uriah Hall. Yeah, you remember this from 2013. Yeah, What's this, this guy's was... name? Adam Sella? Uh-huh. More like Adam Hella. You've been sent directly. Wow. It's. I mean, it's... Look at... What is that? Some Street Fighter stuff going on? Oh, no. That was a nice KO, though. I mean... Yeah, thank you, Jay, for the Hadouken. Uh, this was probably the scariest thing I've ever seen. Oh, I've seen scarier KOs than that. You ever seen felony fights? No, I don't. I don't dip that far down the food yeah, chain. Yeah, well, well, unless, well, I, unless I'm I, I regret it. I regret it. So uh, I've seen some pretty nasty. Hey, you know what there. has given us a lot of fun on this show? And have you seen this shit through the years? Mm. Punch machines. You know those things at the arc- Let's go to some Europeans here. Well, this guy's not European, but. I don't know if he'd be peeing for... Why one. can't oh he be European? God, look at this. He could be European. He very could be. Let's not turn the show and, into... Uh, Arnold Hagai is European. Did how you see that? how badly this guy missed this, Luke? Look, look at, watch me. I'm going to go fisting. Oh, man. Yikes. I'm going to go fisting. How did I get wow. stuck with you again? Okay, hey, that, that's... Uh, let's move on. Let's see more people embarrass themselves. Look at this father of the year. Oh, he put his kid on Queer Street and he didn't even know it, Bro, Luke. Bro, he just... Wait, 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 I'm not. What hits the kid? I, I'm not. The, the, the follow through of the right hand. No, the left, the left oh, elbow. The left it, elbow it was a spinning back elbow. Oh man, bro, and the, the, oh, that poor little kid. He's checking his score though. You got to give that dad credit for commitment. We can, let's bring in a European old lady. What, how do you think this is going to end, Luke? Badly. Yeah, let's check this out, Jay, if, in the back, if you got it. Oh wow, it hit her right in the tooth, Luke. Oh man, yeah. I thought. You know, can I be honest? I thought when she rolled up on camera, I'm like, <laughs> something is about to pop out. Yeah. And yeah. I don't mean her shoulder. It would have hit the ground, too. Oh, this is not good. And I was yeah. glad that that's not what happened. Yeah. Uh, I think we got one more for you. 
Oh, that's not how you do it. That is not how you do it, Luke. That, Shocker, it's a white kid. Yeah, yeah, that's a, enjoy that concussion. Wow, all right. Maybe he set the record on the machine. Hey, Luke, we made it through all the way through. Have you seen the shit? Wow. With no no stick I have, tricks? I have another job. No please. dongs? We got to get going. It's odds and ends. To, what is, what, no, no, what is this? Shotgun bang. What's up with that thing? I want to know. How does it hang, Luke? I didn't, this is, no, Jay, no, no. Good ball movement on that, though, right? It's like the 70 New York Knicks. Who hurt you? Old Marietta. Who hurt you? Yeah, by proxy, yeah. How are you this, Look, have you seen how are this, you this old and this enamored with dildos? All right, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm a man of the people. This is what the people want. All right, Luke, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't write this shit, you know. It just. <laughs> all right, thank you. Okay. Those are your viewers, okay? Uh, time for odds and ends. Uh, I will go first. Uh, Super Bowl was yesterday. Yeah, man. I have to tell you. You got some hot takes for me? No. I thought it was a... I have to tell you. Most of the time, the game is not that great. Or it's a bunch of teams I don't give a shit about. The commercials are overrated. The halftime act is some lame-ass whatever the hell. And uh, it ends and I'm like, well, that was another four hours of my life wasted. I thought the game was a little bit slow at first, but picked up pretty great good. Great game. Great game. Great game. I thought the halftime show was great. The commercial, uh, I, I know, I just I cannot. know I'm racist somehow because I didn't like the halftime show. I, dude, I mean, who does it? Like, I'll admit, I married a Latin woman, so, like, obviously they're my weakness. Okay, guilty as charged. Uh, who, how, I just, gay or straight, how could you watch well, that? Well, look, if, and I, not if love King that? Tug and I were, were watching it together, it would have been fantastic there. But, you know, with my wife, my kid's just gone down to bed. Suddenly there's. Your kids, if they had watched the whole thing, they would have, they're 12. Yeah, that would have been an education. Buddy, right they're going to start sprouting underarm hair immediately yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah. You know, you're welcome, Shakira. I mean, anyway, the point being is I thought the halftime show was great. By the way, how many people Googled age of both, both women? 43 I mean, and I think 50. 50. Wow. Yeah, pretty, wow. I mean, Dude, yeah. Shakira's been like shaking her hips since I was in college, bro. Like, yeah, hips, unbelievable. Hips still not lying. Exactly. Uh, and then look I thought the commercials look at the come out, Uncle. Hold on. And then I thought the commercials were not bad. The whole Aquaman benching the bar thing. I, 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 kinda, wasn't, I so wasn't moved by the commercials this year. Right? I did not like the one. Uh, who's the uh, the country western guy who did the dance off with Lil Nas X for the Doritos? Sam uh, who? Sam Sam Elliott from uh, Sam Elliott. From, uh, I was like, dude, Sam Elliott would not lose from this. from the Swayze movie. The, uh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, what do you call it? The uh, Sam Elliott would not lose this. The bar with the bar, the double down. What's yeah. it called? What's the damn movie? But the, the whole like the Hyundai who parks itself and everyone was Captain America and everyone was doing the the Boston accent. I thought, you know what? This actually turned out to be a pretty enjoyable Super Bowl. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Roadhouse yes. 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 The Roadhouse. one that Ronda Rousey was supposed to remake, and then well, that all just kind of ended. Yeah. Um. What a what a I don't want to go NFL breakdown on you, but Mahomes. Three years in the league. I'll say this. MVP. I'll say this. Super Bowl champion. And that those two drives. Yeah. Those are like career well, the making. Three drives because they came back twenty to ten and put hung twenty one. Those of them are career making moments. Yeah, dude. He he was not great up until he needed to be, and then he absolutely was. And a, and a star was born. By the way, to me, everyone's bitter at Shanahan about some of his play calling. You know what I picked up on? Tell me if you agree with this. Uh, yes, the timeout probably could have and should have been taken. They didn't want to give the ball back, but the way he talks about it. And, you know, the, the lack of throws from Jimmy G. By the way, if Jimmy G lands that, uh, that last throw, which, by the way, was on a third down, it's a completely different ballgame. I don't think Kyle Shanahan trusts Jimmy G. I think I'd explain some of the, the play calling. They didn't go to Kittle uh, at all. Which so I thought you was, think he thinks Jimmy G is more of a game manager? I think it's exactly More of a Rex I think, Grossman, I think that is exactly what he thinks. More of a Trent Dilfer? Yes, I think that's exactly what he thinks. Wow. Meanwhile, Jimmy G thinks he's Tom Brady. Yeah, he ain't. 
He ain't. He's a poor man's. He's not even. I mean, that was like a Kirk Cousins kind of performance, to be quite honest with you. So it was like RG three today type of. No, RG three is barely can barely walk. Okay. Um, okay. We're gonna see RG three get beat up by somebody on. Have you seen this shit? Because he's gonna be elderly. And then some kid is going to walk there with a hammer and then, you know, knock out his teeth or something. Um, and you're going to be like, LOL, look at the elderly get fucked up. Odds and ends on, uh, you saw Ioana Young Jacek's uh, little joke on the Yeah, internet. she's so funny. She's I didn't so hate, okay, funny. I didn't hate this. Is it, is, it, is it bad taste? Yes, it's awful. But Luke, do you dis- tell me if you agree or disagree. In the fight game, there should still be room for... Don't you dare say racism. Not racism, no. I, I, I guess I can't back this up. White Here's guy advocates for racism in sports. By white woman, That's a great by white woman against Asian superstar. Yeah. Okay, I'm, take me out of that, that lane. I'm not in that lane, okay? okay? Of, oh, well, you know, How about this? They should I'm, be able to say mean shit to each other. Yes, that's my whole point. Yeah. Okay? Yes, I agree. Was this bad taste 100%? I wasn't offended on the level comparative to okay, other so actually I have a I said this in my live chat I actually know some I have some Chinese friends out in town and their kid at school got bullied yeah. because kids came up to him because he was Chinese they were like oh you must have the coronavirus right I'm not saying that's what you want and Jacek was doing and I agree people are going to say mean shit to each other in this game it's I just okay. think look whether we're, when we're talking about the real fight game or pro wrestling all of that is just such a carnival of we're watching people you know getting grudge matches against each other and, and strike each other you kind of need. Here, here's my only problem. I don't. What, what she actually said was not. I didn't. I didn't think it was that big a deal. It wasn't great, but I was like, you know, whatever. People just say awful things. The problem was when she doubled down and then she held up the Chinese noodles and then gave herself the slanty eyes. Oh, I did eyes. not see that. Oh, you didn't see oh, that? Oh, then I then that. She goes, oh, I love Chinese people, and then she like pulls the. All eye I back. saw was the fake apology that she put out there. She no, did that. Dude. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, with the Chinese noodles. Rewind the show, delete, take and back then, what I said. And then, uh, you know, she also told Claudia Gadelia to go back to the jungle where she belonged. Yikes! All right, maybe Here, here's the thing. In, 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 the, maybe the, I'll stop stalking no, 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 your IG no. profile. Here, now. Here's the thing. The problem with the fight game is you have to allow for people to be mean to each other and to say things that bother you yes but then you get to situations where like Mike Perry is out there like calling Saying people the n-word, the n-word yes. and you're like well this is so clearly far past the yes. end, what we can accept and then what the boundary is often gets a little bit difficult to park one is obvious one may not be um, so you know in the end I don't think what she said the first thing was that big a deal if she doubled down that badly that's bad she I, ended up I, deleting it oh, later but yeah God. go look that up I was yeah. like dude what are you doing in any event but, but you know what my, my brother said this to me uh, and one of his friends did too they were like, do you really expect like, these people to have enlightened worldviews about, you know, anything? And I'm like, well, sort of. I guess I do, you know, but maybe maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But um, uh, I guess my – I just think we shouldn't burn them down for it. We should if rightfully – If she had kept it just at that, to me, it's, that's, that's what I would consider permissible territory. T- distasteful, 100%. Distasteful is fair game, if you ask me. Speaking of distasteful, uh, it's making the rounds, that Gervonta yeah, Davis to video. It. Uh, it was in Miami at, what, a celebrity basketball game? It looked to be on a basketball court of some kind. By the way, Gervonta Davis is, uh, what would you say, one of the rising stars of boxing. Absolutely. It appears that his next fight, in all likelihood, after beating uh, Ricardo Nunez and then... Uh, Gamboa. In his last fight in Atlanta, is all set for a big... Well, Tevin Farmer. Could, Tevin Farmer's out of the running, but... A big, uh, a big fight on pay-per-view. That's, Could be that, a pay-per-view date with Leo Santa Cruz. We hear those rumblings. He's also like the next big star, I think, in the urban community, the African-American community. Floyd Mayweather has metaphorically and quite literally put his arm around him. He's like on the come up in a real way. The problem is this video surfaced in the stands where he rolls up on, I don't know who the woman was, and it looked at first like he was choking her. It, I don't think that's what he was doing at all, actually. But nevertheless, he was grabbing the clothes, let's just be honest, 
like almost like police escorting yeah. somebody. I think out. she was the mother of one of his uh, okay. children. Uh, what do you want to say about it? It is an obviously horrible. It's look. a horrible. It's a horrible. Also, look. dude, in like, any era, dude, in any year, it's just a horrible dude, like, look. That was brazen. Yeah. To do that in the era of social media, and then just in front of everybody, it's one thing to be like, "Well, this is a thing you should condemn." Yeah, obviously. And another one, it's like, "Dude, what's wrong with you that you think you can just a do that to women and b in public?" Like, no. No it's a, sense it's a, of it's a potentially awful black guy that I hope he and his camp address. Yeah, they properly. have they have to address it. Yeah. They have to. It's not like you owe me personally an apology, but the world should know that you realize, dude, you can't. Under no circumstance yeah. could you ever. And do you that just don't want to see and I saw that. People, I saw people being like, "Oh, well, what did she do, dude? Unless she burned his family at the stake, it's irrelevant what she did. What do you mean? What did she do?" She's a person. She's entitled to her own agency. You don't you don't put hands on a woman like that ever. You hate to see that when somebody has that bright of a potential because this is somebody who's been a babyface, a guy who we're saying is like the Mike Tyson of the small weight class, a, a guy daughter. with a giant marketable future and an ability to make such huge fights and become he's ready to make that pay per view leap. You you want him staying on uh, going down a much different path. Yeah, it, dude, it, this is this is. I don't think this is going to end his career, and I don't think it's the kind of offense that should end his career. On the other hand, this is not effective behavior. This is not effective risk management. This is terrible. And uh, again, I'm not here to say, oh, well, you know what? That's it. Boxing career is over. On the other hand, holy shit, dude, you, what was, I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, we've seen a lot of this behavior in combat sports and the NFL. It's it's It sucks. Uh, hopefully that... Uh we're at a point now where can we just wipe this out it of society? It also blew up on social media, yeah. so I hope to... And by the way, you know, hope the boxing... We're addressing it on this show. Boxing media should ask him about it. And uh, hopefully he has an effective answer, which is, I wasn't thinking clearly. I'll never do it again. And I apologize to everybody who uh, saw that and, of course, to the woman involved as well. And here's a promise and a guarantee. It'll never happen again. Okay, all right. That would be a good first step, I think. Um, right. So we'll see how it goes. Well, uh, that's the show for this week. I was in Disney over the weekend. Don't want to bury that lead. My kids turned 12. A nice little surprise getaway. Have you been to Disney lately at all? Only as a kid. Not a long time. Oh, okay. They've really stepped up the, the, the did ride you go, game. Did you go to the Star Wars exhibit? I did. How was it? At, at the, I uh, heard it's good. At Disney's Hollywood Studios. So you have to get there. You have to basically wake up at 5 a.m., get to the park more than an hour before it opens. They let you in the park, but only halfway. And then the second the park opens at 7, you get on your app, and you have to try to get a reservation for this Rise of the Resistance, which is like their super ride. They got a couple new Star Wars rides in a full area, but this one ride, um, if you don't get it in, the, in that five seconds when you hit the button, you can't go on it. There's no fast pass. There's no lines. You have to make it. Holy crap. And I, we made it. We were in the 10th group, and it is like being in the movie. There's different stations, different vehicles you're traveling in, and then you're actually in the ride. And it is legitimately how, how the people that work there, they're dressed up as the Empire, and they're treating you like your rebel stone. I heard that. I heard it they is talk a, to you like that. It is worth, it's worth the whole hoops you have to jump through to get there. Did your boys have a good th- Now, you, you tricked them because they didn't know they were going on vacation. Yes. Did the, did, the, did the trickery work? It worked. It was fantastic. That's the awesome, surprise man. reveal was great. And I used to not be into this stuff because I was a selfish. I'm still kind of selfish, but like now that I'm having a kid, investing in their joy and their joy only, I don't do it to get joy back. But just watching my daughter get happy with things I yeah. do for her, dude, it like it fills off. Even it, though they're twelve, they're able to get into the mode of being in the magic of Disney at a level that I never thought was possible at that age because I was too 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for at that age? Too too exposed to too much, yeah. too too spoiled, too ruined at that point. Too king where, tug. Where it even allows me as a dad in that moment to get into that. And I'll tell you what Star Wars, uh, what Disney does great. They never they've never been one for uh, out of control thrill rides. And now that I'm old, now that I'm 41. I can't go on many rides without getting effed up, like without getting legitimately like punch they, drunk coming they, off of there. Do they still have Space Mountain? They do, and that one hurts bad. That's about the limit for me. Okay. They are making these new roller coasters. They have the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which is arguably the best ride in all of Disney. It's so smooth, it's so perfect. Anybody of any age can feel like they're in a thrill ride without actually. But Rock and Roller Coaster at Disney Hollywood Studios, the Aerosmith ride, still I think the best one. Is it expensive still? Going. I've heard Disney it's is crazy stupid expensive. expensive. Yeah. We bought Park Hopper tickets in, um, yeah. It's, if you don't get Amazon Prime to deliver groceries to your hotel room, which we didn't do, you're doing it wrong, and you're basically eating chicken fingers and burgers yeah. every single meal, and then you feel gross and want to stick a, uh, stretch out a hanger and stick it down your throat and retrieve all the items. My daughter's only nine months old, so it hasn't been thrust upon me yeah, yet. Yeah, probably get kids' hangers, well. so you can probably stretch out. Yeah. No, but I'm saying, like, uh, my turn to... How, how old should... Last thing on this one, because we got to move along. How old should a kid be before you take him to... I don't here's think the there's thing, an answer. You I, took your kids there... And they don't remember it so until this time. My kids have been there five times in ten years, and Holy most Jesus. recently four years ago. They don't even remember from four years Dude, ago. Dude, money bags. No, I worked at ESPN. Money there's bags, a, Look, there's a hookup at ESPN that, that the people that have worked there know about. <laughs> oh, okay. You get free admission, half <gasps> price at the resorts. No. 30% off food, 25% off merchandise. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's next level ish. Yeah, My parents live right near there too. Didn't have to pay for hotels. Yeah, but then you got to work at ESPN, and you got to be part of the, the problem. So yeah. there's that. Uh, me just taking a cheap dig. All right, um, let's do this, guys really, and ladies. Really appreciate you watching. Please give the video a thumbs up. We may have lost some female viewers along the way. Yeah, we've uh, we we punted on female viewership right. seven shows ago. Uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell so anytime Morning Combat uploads anything, because remember, they, they piece out portions of this conversation and they make separate videos for it. Spread it around, tell a friend, subscribe to the channel. We, we really want your support. We really what, want to grow this what channel. What would you say about donks who love the show, comment on it all the time, but haven't hit that subscribe button on YouTube? I appreciate what they've done, but I'll just say this. A real Morning Combat fan? Yeah. A real, true person that wants to show their allegiance, the best way you can help us is to click that button. Yeah. The subscribe button is the most important button you can you click. You want to see time. more episodes? You want to see more drinking episodes? Yes. You want to see someone, not me, go tip to tip on this show? Brian Campbell and I, are, we're going to have a meeting after the show about extra ways to expand content. We need to get the subscriber numbers up in order to really maximize that. Yeah. So please help us. Have you already done it? Hey, you've done your work? Yeah, I mean, really, come on, you've really been eating long you. enough now. Stop being These greedy. are our social information. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram. And then, of course, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Morning Combat with a K on YouTube. Will we ever reveal Jay? Will we ever reveal? I mean, once you open up that Pandora, there, it, you know. Do, it's like revealing a skin tag. Do you really need to do yeah. that? I could just, yeah. You don't, you don't it's have like to put, revealing dandruff. You don't have I to mean, put your are head you missing down missing something a, by not seeing it? Down a bull's ass to get a good look at a T-bone steak. You know, I could just take the butcher's yeah. word for it. You know? It's like, no. You, no, it's your bull, actually. Yeah, I don't know what bull. you're saying, so I'm going to move along. We have to go. I have another yeah, job was, to go to, but we appreciate Boy you guys Boy. tuning in. That's Brian Campbell. I'm Luke Thomas. Until next time, may all of your gains be loyal. Please don't be weird.